Well, you know as well as I, you put a new play caller in place and it's going to change some, but it is structurally relatively the same. So we're not going to look a whole lot different. Uh, I just think Joe's personality is going to show and and, and what that will be. Hard for me, honestly, to tell you. I think both of them are really good in their own right. Joe's probably, he's obviously a little more seasoned, been around a little bit more. So, so you may see some things in him that, that you wouldn't see. But, but in the overall structure, it, it was relatively close, which I think helped with the transition a little bit. Uh, probably play a little bit more man coverage than we did in the past. Joe's a little bit more aggressive uh, in, in some areas. Uh, maybe being a little bit more three down than we were. In, so, so subtle changes, but nothing drastic. What's your perspective on the couple of rule changes that are going into place this year? The, the not stopping the clock at the first down or the not extending the quarters? The first yeah, on a, on a I mean, it's going to result in a few less plays. Uh, but, but I can see where probably the biggest impact in the game is, is just, um, you know, late in a half. It is us getting used to what that looks like in terms of how quickly do you have to start using timeouts or, or at what point do you have to start uh, – start really going into a two-minute mode. I mean, I think early in the half, nobody's really going to care. But as you get closer to the end, what's that going to look like? And, and we're going to learn probably by making some mistakes more than likely. There's talk throughout the offseason about the possibility of playing spring games against opponents. Would love to do it. Ben. So if you had the opportunity to host, who do you want to host? And if you had to go on the road, who you, who you oh, I don't, play hey, on the road? To me, it's way less about who than it is about the opportunity to – to measure yourself against somebody else, to also protect part of your roster. You know, you just mentioned we weren't at – we probably could have had a spring game. It would have been really, really risky. We were very thin uh, with injuries at several positions that had we played ourselves for a full game, it would have put some guys in very high risk. However, if we'd played an opponent, we could have put those guys on the, and still put together a good game and found out a lot about ourselves. So, to me, it's way more about – the opportunity than it is who. Now, we're pretty good at marketing and, and filling stadiums when we have the opportunity, so it would, could also present some unique opportunities. Yeah, you've been at places where, for instance, Arkansas and Arkansas State uh, historically have a little bit of a hard time finding a way to play each other. Yeah. But if you did it in the spring, all of a sudden. Yeah. I, I think it'd be great. I, you want, I think you want to keep the cost down, get the energy high, but mainly for us in the spring. Come out of the spring healthy, knowing as much as you can about your roster. And I think the ability to play an opponent as opposed to yourself would only benefit college football, in my opinion. As a program manager, as much, as much in volume as you did this offseason, what's the right number of officials for the institution? Oh, heck, I don't have a clue. If, if players get unlimited... And don't have now got 70. Yeah. Did you hit How much 50, money? Did you hit 56 this year? Oh yeah. How much money do you want to spend? How much well, money do you want to spend? That's I don't what I know. Asked. What's what's the number? 70 right. right or should it be whatever the budget allows? Don't don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. To be honest with you, don't have a clue. How did COVID uh, kind of help you kind of latch into let's say the LA market as far as cuz you know the state was shut down, a lot of groups, high school in particular, some Juco guys even like you had a Wilmore come in like those guys kind of got held back. So how did COVID necessarily help you hunker down that aspect of recruiting? Well, I mean, the West Coast got to be footprint for us anyway. So COVID or no COVID, we got to be in California. Um, I think COVID made it really, really difficult to get to know people. But it also, obviously, as you kind of alluded to, it probably affected some guys that put them in positions where they just weren't as visible and, and maybe it changed their recruitability. Um, 
it's funny we don't even talk about COVID anymore. That's the first question I've had about COVID in a long time. So uh, I'm not sure we really know how it's affected our roster. We we may benefit from some guys on a roster we would never touched before had it been open and visible and guys playing. Um, so it's, it's really kind of hard to hard to say to be truthful. Coach, you added two players in Colorado uh, last month, uh, Simeon Harris and Grant Page. Yeah. Um, what stuck out to you about, about both those guys, and what are you hoping to, for them to, to bring? Obviously, Simeon's got some experience, but Grant, not really much at the college level. Yeah, we recruited Grant out of high school, so we were one of the first to offer him initially in his recruiting process uh, out of high school, and then, then just his recruitability kind of ballooned, and, and so we didn't have that opportunity to recruit him. We thought – you know, he's got nothing but great things ahead of him. And, and coming off the knee and, and having four years left, we'd be crazy not to, to go back and invest in him. Uh, he might help us this fall. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but we felt like for sure over the career that, that we were positive he was a guy we needed in our offense. Simeon is a guy that played, I think, over 500 snaps for them at a young, at a young age, which is not typical. And, and I know the season and the, their roster and their – and their win-loss record was not attractive, and there's been a ton of attrition there. But that particular young man has come in and made an immediate impact in every area. Uh, one of the first to learn the defense this offseason, uh, one of those first-in, last-out kind of guys, culture, attitude, leadership, environment. I mean, he, he's been an amazing uh, you know, addition for us. And uh, in a back end that, honestly, you know, we were, we were very worried about. So I'd like to think that, we're going to look up and see him making a, a huge impact early. Do you, do you see him as an outside corner guy or do you slot? Because I know he started, He won the slot job by the end of the year. Yeah. Do you see him there or do you think he's got he's, I, I Honestly, he could play off high spots in what we do. I, I don't know where he's going to fit, as, a, but I, I think he, you'll see him as a an every-down player or an every-down rotational player and the ability to play nickel or corner. And honestly, our field safety spot's not a lot different than playing corner anyway, so a uh, lot, of, lot of versatility for him. And sticking in the state of Colorado, one of the, the games you had that was really close last year was with CSU yeah. um, up in Fort Collins. Um, what about that game sticks out to you in terms of, you know, what Jay's building up there and um, how much are you looking forward to going against them again this year? Uh, well, I, I thought for that particular game, the environment, the crowd, the buy-in, just the energy in the building, considering kind of where they were in the progression, not, hadn't won a lot of games, struggling. Hadn't been to a bowl game yet. You didn't feel that in the stadium. You felt a competitive team, a great environment. I mean, the, the year before the game came down to the last kick, thank God they pulled it left. Um, I mean, to me, that's going to be one of those games that's going to be that way every year. Uh, he does a great job. Did a great job at Nevada. Matt does a phenomenal job with the offense. The thing that stood out to me was how physical they were on defense um, both years. And I'm hoping a bunch of those guys graduated out and we're looking at different guys up front. But – Two years in a row, their defensive front made it really difficult for us uh, offensively, and, and we were lucky to you know survive both of those. Coach, you got you got some pretty amazing opportunities to play in venues across the country um, here in the Mountain West, but specifically last year in Tuscaloosa, yeah. um, and then this year going to Iowa to start that Week One game. How are you feeling about that game, and how do you prepare for a game like that? I hadn't thought a lot about that game yet, to be honest with you. Just as we've mentioned, there's so much new going on. Trying to focus on what I can control but i'm like everybody else i've seen what that stadium looks like on game day the tradition of the children's hospital uh just some really cool things about going i've not been there before this will be my first trip uh, you know we want to find a way to win it 
Uh, that's a huge challenge. We'll be top 25 in most most polls, if not all. One of the best defenses in the country, which will be a huge challenge. It's a great way to start my play calling career uh, with the Aggies is against their defense. But um, I, I love those opportunities. I, I do. I, I think our kids do too. And the added tradition and history that, that is in that place will be will be enjoyable. But only if we can find a way to to be competitive and maybe win that game. Yeah, and then yesterday as well, I heard a lot of questions from the media about the herd, specifically to the two guys. Um, how does it feel to play at Maverick Stadium in Logan, and what what kind of advantage does that give your team? Well, I, having been in stadiums in my career, both you know as a staff member there or at traveling to other places that just didn't have a lot of energy in the room, and there just wasn't a lot of buy-in. Having been in those, and then going to Maverick with the herd rocking and the stadium going. I mean, you realize you got something special. Uh, from the first game that I coached there uh, to, to you know, all the way through last season, and even when things weren't going great for us, and they show up. Uh, going to a basketball game in the spectrum, and they show up. Record numbers, shoulder to shoulder. They are truly the 12th man. We're really fortunate to have that, and a lot of people don't. Uh, I think very few people have what we have in that environment. So we try to lean on it and use it to our advantage, and I know our kids – they, they get excited about playing in front of a home crowd. Coach, how much more of a jump can Trell Vaughn make this season? Obviously, he's a very electric player, not only on offense but in the return game. Well, I think he you saw at the end of the season last year him really starting to get comfortable. He was one of those transfer players that, uh, as we've seen with a lot of guys, it takes kind of that first season to really get your feet underneath you and – you saw towards the end of the year, he started to play uh, at a really high level. Now it's my job to get him the ball a bunch and get him get him opportunities. Uh, I, I loved what I saw from him in the spring. I thought he just continued to improve. I think we've got other weapons on the field that'll help take some pressure off of him. We really didn't have a really balanced field a year ago we, with injuries and everything that went on. We we got a little bit narrow focused. I think he'll benefit from that, but mainly just physical confidence and just mental confidence of what we're doing. I think he's going to play faster, be way way more difficult to defend, and hopefully he'll be one of those guys at the end of the season everybody's talking about. Who are some of these other weapons that you think uh, you'll need to rely on this year for sure? Well, I think uh, Jalen Rule is at wideout as a kid that only took a few snaps a year ago, but one of the fastest guys on our roster. Again, a JC guy that kind of needed all season last year to get his feet underneath him, had a great spring. Colby Bowman, a transfer uh, that graduated wideout, graduated from Stanford that's got two years left. Plug him in, Micah Davis, where you already talked about, Devon Booth in the running back room to go with Briggs. Our tight end room is getting more. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be more balanced across the board, not just at wideout, but just offensively and generally. One of my goals was to use all of our weapons and try to take the focus off of just one or two guys. And I think it will help a guy like Terrell. If we can balance the field out and make it a little bit bigger. I think that'll help him a lot. Who's going to be RB1? Do you have an idea? Who knows, man? Uh, Briggs did not go through spring due to injury, but when he did get back like the last few days, he looked so much better and so much faster and so much more confident. Devon Booth had a great spring. Uh, Razul Faison came in from snow. Cooper Jones is back for another year. I mean, it's a much deeper room than it was a year ago. And we got two freshmen that came in and, one of those may do the same thing Briggs did a year ago. So I feel good about it. We need to stay healthy, but I don't know who the first guy is, is going to go. That's what's going to be fun about fall camp. Uh, Coach, you 
I know you've had to talk a lot about the taking over the offensive play calling duties today, but uh, specifically on game day, uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest difference between, uh, you know, only focusing on like head co- and on like the head coach yeah. part uh, and balancing that with you know having to call plays every day. Yeah, I mean this is not the first time I've done both. Uh, I I ran the offense as the head coach and coached the quarterbacks at Arkansas State in 17, 18, uh, and has been heavily involved my whole career. So I think trusting the guys that I'm working with, having Kyle Suffalo as my co-OC in the box upstairs, uh, we've been together basically 10 years now. We're finishing each other's sentences. We've been in every aspect of adjusting and changing and tweaking this offense and recruiting basically every piece. Uh, I just have to be super efficient with my conversations. I can't I can't spend a ton of time. When we come off the field, I need to make adjustments quickly and then I need to get my head back in the game as a game manager. Um, but I think having really good coaches in the room, guys that I trust that that we have really good report, knowing what we want to do too. I mean, knowing what we want out of this offense and what the weapons can do. So uh, it's a challenge, there's no doubt, but I felt like it was the best way for me to impact where we wanted to go. Use all of our weapons, use all of the grass, play faster, and we've got to change the turnover ratio. We, we cannot turn the ball over at the pace that we have and be successful, not with our roster. And, and so the best way for me to impact that was to step in and, and physically put my hands on it. Hopefully it'll pay off for Coach, us. Coach, do you feel like your roster is better today than it was a year ago? And, and can you kind of keep Boy, that is a loaded question. Yeah. Um, we are deeper than we were a year ago. We have impacted almost every room in a positive way. The question is, at what pace will these guys get on the field and, and play at the level we need to to win? Uh, some of them haven't played very much. And 39 of them have not played for us at all. We could, we could come out week one and just shock the country, or it could take a while for us to develop. But we are deeper. We need to stay healthy. We need to avoid attrition at this level in the future. But, yes, are we better right now than we were a year ago? On paper, yes, we are. Well, now we've got to put that paper together, get them on the field, and actually get them all moving in the same direction. I also uh, got to ask Cooper Lagasse um, the, uh, how you would fare in a, in a Mountain West coaching Royal Rumble, and he, he said you got this. He said you got this. So well, I appreciate his com- I appreciate his confidence. I appreciate his confidence. That's why I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you, like, like, how big a luxury is it to have two quarterbacks that have played so many Mountain West games? Oh, that's huge. I mean, uh, and, and and I know we haven't talked about Levi Williams at all, but. Not you know, Cooper's not the only guy that improved in the spring. Levi looks physically better than he ever has, which is hard to say because that's one good, big yoked up dude. But I think the offensive changes and some of the communication aspects and the speed of play, all of those things benefited him as well. And he did he did close the gap between him and Coop. And and could I know his mindset is I'm going to go beat him out in fall camp, and he's got that opportunity to do that. So. But even if it was just as a number two, which he is a great number two because his attitude is phenomenal, his work ethic is phenomenal, to step a guy out there that's won at this level uh, and, and won and, and played consistently at this level, I mean, that's something that most people don't have the luxury of having. Speaking of Levi, you know, Craig Ball was saying earlier the only thing he doesn't like about no divisions is they don't play you guys. <laughs> uh, just because of the history. Of the oh, it's a great, yeah, it's a great ride. I do. But I hate that we're going to say. about the no divisions. 
Um, I, I got mixed emotions about it. I understand the need for what we're doing. Uh, it, the, the big picture is to make sure that when we raise the trophy at the end of the year, that that team plays in the playoff. I get it completely. Uh, I hate what it does to some robberies like that game and the fact that we're going to miss that because that's what I love about college football. Uh, I love those rivalries. I would like to have an opportunity to beat him. He's got me two years in a row, and and so I, I hate the fact that it's going to take a little longer to get to that. But, um, you know, I think we just – you have to do what you have to do with the landscape changing like it is. And and I agree, that's, that's the change we needed to make to be as competitive in the market when it matters most at the end of the year. I know you touched on Cooper Jones a little bit before, but could you go a little more in depth on him? Yeah, Coop is uh, – Coop's one of those guys that's small in stature, but, you know, big in personality. Uh, he is a great teammate. One of those guys that just like, Coach, whatever role you need me to have. Had a great spring. Uh, got carries that, that he had not gotten the, the spring before and really solidified himself as a, a guy that's going to be in the conversation for snaps in the fall. And the thing that he did best for us last year as a punt returner was he, he was a guy I knew I could trust. Put him out there. He was going to field it. He was going to keep it off the turf. He wasn't going to turn it over, and he was going to give us a first first down. And, and if you look, one of the things that we did, probably the best we did last year consistently was our special teams play, and our punt return team was one of those blocked punts, but also just field position battle. Uh, the thing you like about him is just he's unselfish. He, what, coach, what do you need me to do next? Uh, so I would expect that his role just keeps getting bigger. Now, we, we have recruited and made that hard for him, with the addition of a guy like Terrell Vaughn, a guy like Micah Davis, the return game is going to be, it's going to be up for a battle. And in the running back room, we've added several pieces. So he knows he's in a fight for his life, but he's one of those guys that looked me square and I said, Coach, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to keep me off the field. So that's what you like about him. Just defensively, your secondary one of your stronger positions on defense. What do you like about that group of guys? The versatility of what we have back there, we're longer and faster. If you just look physically, We've got more length in the back end. We've got more speed in the back end. What we don't have is a ton of experience. And so the next month uh, is going to be crucial for us solidifying what that group looks like and growing up very, very quickly. Uh, Physically, you love everything about it, but they haven't played a lot. And so that is going to be a huge challenge for Joe and uh, Mitch White in the back end, figuring out what that group looks like, stabilizing it so that they can all communicate and be on the same page. Which we all know, you got a you have a breakdown back there. It's going you're gonna get a touchdown. We gotta to avoid those. Yesterday when I was talking to Holly, he mentioned uh, having MJ behind him as kind of that field general, yeah. in the center of the defense. How, how critical is huge is MJ there? Today? Huge, and and we missed him a lot last year. You know, he's he's healthy and looks great, but we felt a huge void. Now, that being said, Max Offer did a great job, but MJ's presence. We had that same presence the year before in Justin Rice, that presence, that calmness, knowing what's coming, getting guys lined up, calming things down when they're not going great. That's what you get. MJ's like a coach on the field. Uh, and, and so hopefully he can stay healthy. I know there's a tremendous amount of comfort and, and confidence in that defense front knowing he's standing right behind him. I think you mentioned 36 newcomers. 39, 39 newcomers. Are you comfortable? That's not, that's not counting the walk-ons. I'm just counting scholarship players. Are you comfortable? Oh Being heck a no! Program that does that. I, I'm comfortable in the fact that we didn't have a choice. It is the new college football. We lost five starters to the portal. We lost a lot of guys looking for more playing time. I mean, that's the nature of what it is. 
and and, and we lost a, a really good graduating classman. That's where you're at. I, I'm I'm really pleased and proud of the staff's ability to to attack the the recruiting um, battle like we did, and to be able to bring in 39 new bodies, and to be able to get nine really good high school players that we we thought were great additions, but then go out and find 30 transfers between four-year and JUCO, you know, places to to come in and stay competitive. And, and so is it uncomfortable? Heck yeah, but it's necessary, and, and, and a lot of people weren't able to do that. So I'm proud of our staff to be able to do that, and I think we did it at a really high level. Where do you think realistically that number should be for a program oh. like yours? Well, I, I don't know. Um, you know you're going to have a graduating class, and so that number is going to start with your graduate graduating class. And for years – Getting to 25, 26, 27 wasn't that big a deal. Uh, so, but now you add attrition on top of that. Um, you know, I, I'd like it to be a little bit less. I, I'd love to be closer to the 30 number. Being at 39 is, is, is a bigger number than I want, but it, it may be the best thing ever happened to us. Uh, you, you never know until you get out and start playing. Sure, thank you, guys. Oh, quick question. Oh, with Glory coming in and what you mentioned about how you feel about the Mountain West and its chances, uh, what's your perception of the public mind share? What else needs to be done to you know, increase that visibility? Well, I, I, think we, I, I think we got the right people in place, to be, to be, to be honest with you. I think we, we have a forward, uh, forward-thinking mindset in terms of our administration and the league. Uh, we maintain the integrity of the league. I know there's been a lot of rumbles and – San Diego State leaving, not leaving, all that. At the end of the day, uh, we've got a great lead, and it's playing. You know, we've we've played well across conference lines. We've held our own uh, in, in really, uh, really big, big environments over the years, and so I feel like we've put ourselves in in a position to just continue to build. And, and with all the attrition and all the movement that's happened across the country, to stay like we've been and be stable. Uh, that's huge, and then the changes with the league in terms of uh, you know removing divisions and allowing to make sure that your best team literally is going to be standing at the end of the season. I think we've done everything we can to to be right where we need to be as things move forward. So, really pleased with that. Smart people in place, working hard to keep building this thing, and and I think it's going to pay off. Including yourself. No, I don't. Don't give me any credit for that. <laughs> Recent developments around Utah State and the NIL department with Gary Anderson getting involved. Have you had the chance to chat with him and chat with that? Yeah, I've had I've had great conversations with Gary and Eric Lobb. I'm excited about where they're headed and their vision for what we're doing, and we support them 100. Um, percent It's necessary uh, to be competitive in the landscape that we are. I think we've got a very realistic view that allows us to be competitive in our market uh, in, in the Mountain West and in, and in Logan. Hopefully a lot of people will get behind it and, and help it uh, continue to grow uh, and, and our kids will benefit from it. So yeah, I've been appreciate what they're doing. It's not easy. There's a lot of time and energy put into it. Uh, but but I, I, I don't feel like in football and men's basketball especially, I don't think we can expect to be competitive moving forward if we're not competitive in that space. And so at this point, I think we're um, we're moving in the right direction. Boise State is going to be a big matchup for you guys at the end of the season. It could end up being a, a real high-stakes game. Just what does that rivalry and that matchup mean to you guys, Adam Logan? Oh, that's huge. I mean, that's that's one that – I mean, we, we got to take one week at a time, but we obviously know where that one's at on the roster, uh, on the schedule, and, and you want – you know and want it to matter. Uh, you know and want it to be an impactful game, and it, and it typically is. 
Uh, we got so much between us, uh, you know, to that point that it's hard to even think about it. But you, you just know when you get there, it, it's going to be a packed stadium with a lot on the line and hopefully two really, really good football teams playing for something that's important. Last year, Taylor Green broke off for that 91-yard uh, rushing touchdown. What, what was it like to see that? And, you know, how, how do you defend a guy like that who, who brings that kind of versatility? Yeah, that was a, that was a backbreaker. You know, we, we, we squandered an opportunity to, to go ahead and then to have him break one off the goal line like he did and, and, and be able to finish it. I mean, a lot of guys make a big play, but to be able to finish it, uh, that was a backbreaker. You, you knew he's capable. I think he's one of the best athletes we saw all last season. I'm, you know, really scares you to death just how good he can really be uh, with with just the more reps he gets. Uh, but that particular play shows what he's capable of. The ability to take what could have been, you know, five, six, seven yard gain and turn it into a, a touchdown. Uh, you, you've got to you've got to defend him every snap. And it's not just his feet. I mean, he threw the ball so well in that game, especially early in that game, that um, made it really difficult for us to be competitive. What, what can you say about what head coach Andy Avalos has accomplished at Boise State? Now he's heading into his, his third season as a head coach. Well, I think he showed everybody what he's capable of a year ago. Things weren't going well early. He made very, very difficult decisions. One of the smartest decisions that I've seen a head coach make uh, midstream to bring Dirk Cutter in. And you now, not everybody's got Dirk Cutter sitting on the shelf ready to come step in and, and call ball plays, but. But to be able to facilitate that change, hold things together, and allow them to get into a competitive space considering all they were going through tells you everything you need to know. They recruited at a high level. They're always going to be physical and tough. And that chess piece move, which is difficult to do and, and not fun to do as a head coach, was you know instrumental in them playing for a championship at the end of the season. So um, I, mean, I, I think it tells you exactly what you're getting in him. Uh, going to your back to your team, where, where do you want to see Cooper take another step this season? Yeah, just uh, it, I want to see him make uh, mature decisions uh, in the heat of the moment. Things that are hard for a young guy to do sometimes when you get to the to the collegiate level. No one a play is over. No one a plays exhausted its opportunity. Dump the ball, you know, slide, go out of bounds, throw the ball away avoid the big catastrophic play. And, and I thought he did a great job of that in spring. Um, be willing to step up and lead, whether it be verbally or just physically. Saw that in the spring as well. And, and just a level of confidence. All those things are moving in the right direction. Uh, that's the natural uh, maturation of a quarterback. And I think we're seeing that in him uh, now that he's healthy and physically kind of prepared. Uh, you know, I expect to see those things. But those are things that allow us to go from being a good team to being you know, potentially a great team at times. His ability to avoid the big loss, avoid the catastrophic play, and, and we were just kind of plagued by that a year ago. How much has that been a focus for really the whole team of just like not letting the moment be too big, yeah. not getting carried away in, in those moments? No doubt. And, and a and lot of unsportsmanlike conduct last year. Yeah, and, and so we, we, we teeter on that line. We talk about fanatical effort on, on the edge of out of control. We, we want our effort to be a level that's that's hard to match. It's something that's got to overcome some physical mismatches. I mean, if you just look at roster versus roster, there's some times that we're going to be mismatched. We've got to play at a really, really high level of effort and intensity. The question is, how do you know not to cross it? We get a lot of plays. We play fast. We get a lot of plays. So it's even more opportunities for bad things to happen. Uh, so discipline in those and self-restraint 
is huge. And yeah, we spent a ton of time. I'm hoping this team can can find a way to to avoid those those big mistakes. Those are the ones that you know self-inflicted, unforced errors. We got to avoid those. And, and and I'm hoping that that's the place we can take a, a big step forward. Coach, coming into this conference with such a high, right, uh, starting the way that you did, um, how has that led you to this? Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you started at that at the, at the peak, right? Yeah. Um, and then the last two years, how do you uh, get back to that place, I suppose? I think you just got to stay the course. The same things that were allowed us to be successful in 21 are the same things that are going to allow us to be successful in the future. That formula allowed us to get to a bowl game last year in the midst of an unreal uh, offseason in terms of just off-the-field stuff that I was dealing with and, and then the injuries that we dealt with, four different – I mean, the formula works. It won two championships at Arkansas State. It took us to six bowl games in seven years. It, it won us a championship in year one here. It got us to a bowl game. You know, what that the, – the ceiling for each team is different. Do you avoid injuries? Do you not? Do you have the key players in place? Do you not? Are you young, inexperienced, or are you a veteran team? Stay the course. Believe in what we do. Uh, quiet the noise from outside because it's going to get loud at times, and it did last year, and that's okay. Uh, you don't get passionate, fun environments without passionate, hard-to-listen-to environments. They go hand-in-hand. Hand. I'd, I'd much rather have that than have a quiet, you know, uninterested group. But I've got to trust that the process, how we go about doing things, that it, that it pays off. And I, and I look at our history as an offense coordinator and as a head coach, stay the course, trust the process, and, and, and take advantage of your opportunity when you get it. Last year wasn't that opportunity. Too many injuries, too many different pieces uh, you know, that, that we could not control. Uh, we took advantage of that in 21, and hopefully this year we'll get a very similar opportunity. Uh, find what makes this team competitive. You know, play to our strengths, try to avoid and mask and, and, and quiet our weaknesses and, and go out and be competitive and, and, and see where that lands us. And, and if you look at our history, that's, you know, we've been competitive, even with some rosters that were rough to look at sometimes, even with injuries at times. We still find a way to be competitive. And, and, I, and I don't expect this team or this year to be any different now. Does that mean we can win it all? I don't know. Why not us? Who knows? We, we brought in a bunch of new players. Who knows steps up and plays at a ridiculously – high level and, and just moves the bar. Who knows who that's going to be? Coach, I know all 39 of those guys you brought in are your guys, but <laughs> is there one that stood out to you that you, you're most excited about? I know it's hard to... Yeah, you put me on the spot. I, I, who knows? Who knows? There's a bunch of them that are exciting. I mean, really, every individual battle to get them to say yes and come on board is exciting. I mean, it's... You just, you know, you just put the next building block. Uh... But but at this point, there's so many unknowns that that may be the most expensive. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be somebody that nobody has ever heard of? Is it going to be somebody that just needed that that fresh start somewhere else? And 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 then nobody expected what we saw from Devin Tompkins year one. Nobody. Who's going to be that next guy? Who's going to be that next Derek Wright? Um, you know that that that's. That, that's always the fun part of what we do. We just have a few more of those to uh, to look at than than in most years. Thank you so much for your time. Sure, thank Good you. Since you touched on it there, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you've dealt with two unimaginable you know tragedies, and at the same time, it managed to inspire so many. You know, 
you know, just being public about everything. Um, I just wondered, like, where does, does that come from? That, that, just that strength to kind of be the face of, of things like this. Every ounce of my strength comes from Christ. Uh, my faith is what what gets me up every morning and gets me through every day. Um, the grief season of grief that I've lived in for quite some time is real. And without my faith in Christ and the great people that he's put around me, my wife, my kids, my friends, my staff, the players, uh, you know, I couldn't do what I do. But but every ounce of strength I get comes from him. You hear faith in football is like yeah. hand in hand a lot of times. Football is uh, is that therapy, you know, that, that place you escape. Yeah. You blow the whistle, you chase the guys down the field, you chest bump, you high five. That is, I'm so fortunate that God put me in this profession and in this position to to do what I do. Um, but um, but I really give I give all glory and, and thanks to Him for the opportunity, but also just the comfort and, and grace to get through day to day. Sure, thank you. How important has that been for you to be able to go into, you know, you go into the office and there's a bunch of young men who, you know, depend on you and you yeah. kind of helping to mold into yeah. adults? Oh, it's, uh, I don't know what I'd do with myself, to be honest with you, if I didn't have that, you, to, you know, those guys and, and the game and whatever it is to, to pour myself into. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of them, have they've lifted me up too, though. They, they pour into me just as much. I don't know what I would do with that grief and that hurt and and um, something to keep my mind occupied and keep me going towards a goal and that competitive drive in me. I I don't know that I how I'd survive without it. So it is therapeutic, and even getting back and calling plays and coaching the quarterbacks, forgotten how much I missed it and enjoyed it. Hopefully, I'll do a good job of it. But that has been. It's been awesome this spring. So each piece of that is important. Coach, you talk about uh, you talk about uh, well, obviously you're in Vegas. Vegas is a nice island. Yeah. Um, what's it like to have a guy from Hawaii, Hale, come yeah. down here and represent Well, I I always like to see how those guys kind of get out of their shell. Uh, Hale is not a particularly vocal, loud guy. He's pretty quiet. Now, when he walks in a room, everybody knows he's there, and the guys. I mean, he is, he's the daddy, he's the grandfather of the defense. But then watching him in front of the camera and seeing him do interviews and see the smile on his face and, and him kind of step into his role, even Coop. You know, Coop was in kind of Logan's shadow year one. Last year it was so, you know, so up and down all season with everything. To see him comfortably step into that role this year, you know, that kind of fills you up. You like to see those guys do that and get to enjoy this process. This is uh, – this is a privilege to be the guy that represents your team. You've earned that opportunity, and it's a pat on the back for of appreciation for what they do and the role that they play. So it's a lot of fun to see both those kind of guys get out and be themselves and show you all the personality that they actually do have. Coach, we're a couple of years into the NIL era now. How do you feel like you guys have done as an institution in that space, and is there anything you guys you think you can do better? Well, we've been slow, I think, there. We, we really haven't had an NIL um, – I would say presence to this point. We had a probably ten or fifteen guys on our roster that had some type of individual NIL opportunities there in the valley, but 
we really were not in that space. We didn't use it in recruiting, really wasn't talked about. This last year, it, it became more and more of a conversation for every head coach across the country. And I'm glad to say that we've had some really strategic conversations with some very uh, you know, very important people there in the Valley that have stepped up. And, and we've got a we have a collective that is is operational at this point and we'll, launched, right? and, and we'll be moving forward early in the fall to start to start helping our players which i think is awesome i mean they for years i've always felt like there needed to be more uh, for them it's just cost of living is just is tough and 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 so this will create uh some great opportunities for for our roster and i mean gary anderson and eric log have done a phenomenal job and and, and uh, Jim Law being willing to be a part of that process, uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I'd like to think that we're going to be very competitive at our level. I don't know if anybody really knows exactly what competitive at our level is. It's an ongoing conversation, but I feel like there's a commitment there, and, and I think we're moving at a, at a good pace uh, for for the future. Um, and, and it will just at that point just have to be able to adapt and adjust as as the future you know changes. What impact, in your opinion, has the NIL era had on the transfer portal? I think more guys sought out the portal because of the opportunities in the market. We lost five starters. I can tell you in all five of those guys, what they could do financially in the market was part of those decisions. And all of them will tell you, Coach, I love the culture here. I love the environment. This is something financial I have to look at. And, and I understood. I mean, I didn't like it. We had a bunch of other guys that could have left as well that chose to stay. Uh, and, and I think the addition of a, of a collective that will help those guys and reward those guys that have chosen to stay will be great. Uh, I think a lot of guys made poor decisions. Not everybody. Some guys needed to go. They took great opportunities, and it's going to pay off for them. I'm worried about the guys that made poor decisions for immediate gratification of NIL that is going to affect their career in big ways. And I don't think any of us are going to know exactly what those are for quite some time. Gloria said yesterday that she thinks that Congress needs to step in and pass legislation. Do you think either Congress or the NCAA needs to pass sweeping legislation to make this more fair across the board? I think the things that we're missing right now is some type of limitations on, on uh, you know, in the NFL there's a salary cap and, and there's contracts and links of contracts and and transparency of offers and there's so much unknown right now something that would organize it in a way that make it a little bit uh, more fair would be great now what that looks like i don't know and who's gonna have to do it and 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 um also you have to legislate it you have to you have to hold people accountable but there's really no salary cap right now there's really no transparency there's no there's it's hard to know exactly the truth of what you're dealing with. And, and so I think all those things make it really, really difficult in the space. And and I think if we could get some of those things, it might help kids make better decisions, more truthful, hardcore, um, fact-driven decisions instead of emotion and, and rumor decisions. And, and I think it might stabilize some things. So hopefully that's something we can get to in the future. Going back to the portal for a second, uh, Trent Dilfer recently really publicly bashed some teams for tampering with his roster. I'm curious, you know, how much have you dealt with that, with coaches kind of going through a third party and DMing your players? Has that gotten worse in the last couple of years? I, I can tell you that most of the conversations I had with guys that were leaving were about um, being 
contacted by third parties. Now, who those third parties are, in most cases, nobody really, really knows. Uh, but of those five starters that did leave, all of them were having conversations before putting their name in the portal, trying to decide was it the right decision, and there were people outside that were influencing those decisions. Now, if I had a, if I had a specific coach that I knew was involved, I would reach out to them personally. Uh, also, Jeff Trailer. You know, I, I would I would feel comfortable calling a coach, but that that didn't happen in this case. These were third party, you know, agent type, runner type opportunities, and and my concern is just how valid is the information and how real is it and is it tangible. So th- those are the concerns. But I will tell you, it's happening a lot, and it's something that's going to be difficult to control uh, and legislate and, and hold people accountable moving forward. But it. We'd all like to get to that point if we could. How do you educate and protect your players from that? Very open with our guys. I tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. I tell them the truth. And we talk openly as a group. And then I I meet with them individually. And I don't try to help. I, I don't try to make the decision for them. I just try to tell them exactly what the concerns are. And and, and if you stay, what to expect. If you go, what what the concerns are, what the benefits, what the risks are. And then at that point, they gotta they got to make their own decisions and, and, and what's best for them. And some guys, it's the absolute best thing for them. Some of them, it's very risky. Some of them, it's a awful, you know, and that's, that's the hard part. But we're very open, transparent. Try not to – try to take emotions out of it and think what's in their best interest uh, in terms of their future, whether it be career at college or maybe move on to the NFL uh, and, and hopefully, you know, do our best to be, to be helpful in the process if we can. If they allow us to be. Sure. Last one for me. I'm sure you've been asked today about the elimination of the two-division format. You know, obviously it's in place to protect that top team, given the CFP's expanding. Do you think it does enough to protect that top team, or are you in favor of maybe eliminating the championship game to fully protect that top team? Well, we, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about championship games, and, and, and I, can see the, I can see the point of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've been in one of those games where we knocked the top-tier team out. Mm-hmm. 2011 at Southern Miss – we were, you know, we were a two-loss team, and Houston was undefeated, and they win that game. They're going to the BCS Bowl, probably I don't know, twenty-something million dollars for our league, and we beat them. And we weren't a BCS team, and, and so we lost that opportunity. I, I see where, you know, if you're Houston that year, you, you don't want to play in that game. It was great for us. We won a championship that nobody thought we could win. We were, I don't know, how big of an underdog against San Diego State in twenty-one. And without that game, we, we, don't, you know, we don't have that opportunity. So those are the two most fun, memorable experiences of my career. Those games, those environments, I would hate to see those go away. Uh, I get that the landscape is changing. I think for what we've done for now, it's the right step. No divisions, get our best two teams in the, in the game, and either one of them should have an opportunity to move on to the playoff. I think this, the the – the value of our league, the integrity of our league, the strength of our league as a whole is in a great place, and we want to make sure we maintain that or even strengthen it if possible so that, so that this um, formula does work for us. Thanks, Coach. Um, Do you feel like you're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league going into this season? Do I think we are? I don't know what we are at this point. I see what the rankings say we are, but, and I don't, normally, I don't really pay attention to those. I don't know what we are. We've got too many new pieces to really know exactly what this team can be. But I tell our guys, why not us? Uh, we were picked towards the bottom of the league in 21. We went, went on to win it. 
won three career uh, three championships as a head coach in my career and I don't think we were picked to win it any of those three seasons and overcame every kind of obstacle you could and I think this team can be no different why not why not us why not this season but I don't know enough about this team yet to know what it can be Uh, 39 new scholarship players a ton of new guys being plugged in to play at a ton of different positions and we may be the best team we've ever had and or we could be a, you know, we could go out there and step on each other's toes every other play. I don't, I don't know at this point. What do you think it's going to look like with you as uh, your own OC? Um, done it before, enjoyed it, and we were successful offensively. Uh, I think if we can do a good job of being efficient with our time and, and communicate well, I think we have the pieces offensively to, to go out and, and be a problem for people. It starts at quarterback, and Coop's done a great job of preparing himself. It also helps to have a staff that I'm really comfortable with and co-OC and Kyle Suffalo that I've been with for 10 years now. Uh, Cooper Bass has come in and did a phenomenal job in the O-line in, in the offseason. I, I feel like that we have a chance to be to be a lot of fun uh, offensively. A lot of weapons, a lot of different people can get involved, play at a fast pace, and I feel like that me stepping in to call plays was the best way to put my fingerprint on what I want our team to look like in years moving forward. Cooper 100%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's healthy and, and talking 100 miles an hour and moving even faster. So, uh, no, nah, I'm pleased. He he went through the spring and, and came out of it healthy. He's probably put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle and, and, and honestly looks the best I've ever seen. I, I know you don't want him to be Logan, but has he kind of leaned on what was successful back two years ago when you guys were living? I would like to think so. I would like to, I think you always need to learn from your environment. And Logan obviously played at a high level is continuing to play. They're different. They're different players. They are completely different players. But uh, I would think if you spent that much time in the room with him and watching him play and working with him every day and you didn't pick up some things, you'd miss a great opportunity. Uh, I think you always want the guy next to you to help make you better. I, I feel like we're getting the same thing right now out of him and Levi Williams. Levi Williams, his the approach and work ethic and personality and attitude and physical nature of play. I think those things should should wear, you know, weigh in, in, in on, on who Coop is as well. But just overall maturity and development is, is his biggest asset. And the guy's work ethic is phenomenal. So um, I, I think people will be really excited to watch how he plays if he can stay healthy this season. And then I just have one more question. Oh, you're good. Terrell Vaughn. Yes. Yeah. Potential. Um, how, how good can he be for you guys and beyond? Yeah, he, he's one of the, in my opinion, one of the most dynamic guys in the league. Uh, maybe one of the most dynamic guys in the country at our level. He can do so many things. He can line up so many different places. He can impact the, the game in so many different ways. He was um, he was still learning his way through things early in the season, but as the season progressed, the last few weeks of the year, he was as good a player as our league had and went through the spring and just got better. So I, I, it's my job to get him the ball, get it to him a lot, as many different ways as I can. Uh, he has a chance to be as good a player, skilled player, in our, as we have in our league, in my opinion. Nice hey, I was just gonna like I was just gonna ask you a quick question about one of your opponents, if that's okay. Sure, go ahead. Um, you know, preparing and then playing Boise last year, how much did their offense change once they changed to the quarterback? Sure. They did. Well, I think change of the quarterback, but also change of the coordinator. Uh, huge, huge impacts. I mean, Dirk Cutter. I t- said a minute ago, not everybody's got Dirk Cutter sitting in the shadows ready to step in. I mean, the guys, look at his career. He's one of the best offensive minds of all of football for years. 
So his ability to come in and kind of calm things down and then to settle in on green and watch green just mature, that uh, that's just not something that everybody has. But you got to give Andy credit. I mean, that was not an easy decision. It had been much easier just to, to wait till the end of the season instead of doing all that midstream. But they don't play for a championship if he doesn't do it. Uh, green's just going to get better and uh, bigger and stronger and faster and more and more confident. It's going to make everybody's job even that, that much more difficult. So we, uh, we'll know exactly what we're up against by the time we play him, yeah. whether it being that late in the year. And I would expect he's playing at a really high level. Does it make it even more difficult that it's not just him but those two running backs? Yeah, you got two of the best running backs in the country, yeah. So you got a three-headed monster, and, and they're always really good up front. So uh, I got so many challenges between now and then that it's hard to even think about, but I'm pretty aware of what we'll be up against when we, when we play them. Thank you. Thank you. How important is it for college football, do you think, to maintain that regionality and those rivalries where you've got teams like USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten? Yeah, I know. I, that's the – I know there's a lot of positive things happening. That's the part that's hard to swallow is is just these regional, get in the car, drive to, fill up a stadium rivalry type games. And I know you can see it all on TV, but it's not the same. I grew up in Texas, and, and I've been through this conversation with – the Texas A&M, Texas game, you know, being we're losing the BYU game. Those are things you love about the sport. Now, we'll find other things to be excited about, as we all do, and we'll create other rivalries. But that's the one thing that's being lost in all of this, maybe that that you, you hate the most. And, and how do you replace them and, and find that in other areas? Do you find yourself ever being, I know I do, the, being kind of frustrated with the talk that it's just about the playoff, that everything's just, you know, conference titles kind of being devalued nationally? Well, I don't, I don't think conference titles are being – we're not there yet. This is not, this is not just get to the playoffs. It's, that conference title game is measured and measured at a really high level. So I don't think we've lost that. Now, there may come a point in time when we have, but I, I think it's still valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I do appreciate, though, the fact that for my entire career – Division One football is the only one that was set up the way it was. I went to the playoffs as a player in one double A. I've been in the playoffs as a coach. I've I've benefited from that and seen how that can can be a fun ride. And so I love the fact that we're gonna have at least a version of that. But I think the conference championship game is still an integral part of it right now, at least for now. Let's hope that stays that way. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I think you can ditch the mic because there's no TV. Yeah, I, no TV I, they, they told me that. I didn't know if they were taking pictures of me or no, something. So. Just, yeah, no, it was just for, for TV cameras and all okay. that good stuff. Um, the rules changes for, for this year, um, like we talked about, the uh, uh, no stop will change a yeah. little bit of pace of play. But, yeah, are there – I mean, like you're in a spot where geographically right time of year there could be some crazy weather, crazy wind. There and, will be some, um, yeah. And Air Force and Wyoming and – where it could create a weird incentive at the end of a quarter to, to commit a penalty yeah. to change how much is that? It probably impacts this conference more than most. I would say here in the Northeast where, yeah. where you got you know yeah. the cold, windy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's gonna be, there's going to be some games in the shit there to see how people utilize that. Um, I mean, I've always been one of those guys that absolutely use a timeout to make a team punt into the wind or, oh, yeah. or a long third down. I mean, I'd kick a field goal. I, so if they 
leave a window of opportunity open for you to to you know to uh, to use a penalty in the same kind of way. People are going to do it. I mean, it's been talked about. So strategically in your head, you got to be thinking, forward thinking a way in, in a manner to be able to do it. It's a really warped. Yep. Incentive. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It'd be good yet. You don't have to go to Laramie for a couple of years now. Yeah. That 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 game was brutal last tunnel. year. It yeah. was. It was cold and the wind was whipping. So uh, always is. <laughs> All right, Cooper. Uh, starters here we go We're just on the doorstep of getting going again fall camp not too far off yep. where are you at mentally where are you at physically um physically i think i'm all the way back got twisted up in the bowl game last game of the year but i think i'm finally back to where i want to be with with my health and then mentally um i know i know what we've got installed with coach a taking over the offense and I'm ready to go and just making sure the guys around me are also ready to go. So just about done with summer, ready to get into fall camp in the season. How different is that with your head coach taking over the offense now? He's going to be the primary play caller this year. Is it any different uh, coming from yeah. the, the guy at the top? Yeah, it's for sure different. I've loved it. It's just really I think it eliminates sort of a middleman. I mean, the coordinator is the coordinator. He's in charge of the offense. but. The head coach at the end of the day is really makes the important decisions, and I think I don't think there was ever contention with with the OC last year and Coach A, but sometimes there's big decisions that need to be made, and instead of there being head coach to coordinator to quarterback, now it's just all one room right there. The quarterbacks are on the same page as, as the head man and getting everything locked in together. How's your confidence compared to? this time a year ago and even the year before that? Um, I've always been confident in myself and preparing myself like I need to get Cooper ready to play when it's when it's his time but now that that I'm in the position I'm in it's it's more outward I would say and really I know that I'm doing everything I can but now with with my role I I can help other people get to where they want to be and I can I can make sure the offense I can make sure the whole team is really working towards what, what we know we need to do. And so I think it's been cool really being able to help other people and really trying to be a leader and set an example and make sure other people are reaching their goals as well. Even with Logan around in the past, Coach Anderson was always open about saying that, that there's always going to be a, a quarterback battle because that helps you guys get better. What's this, this spring and summer be like? Do you feel like you, um, are, you are the number one going in the fall? Yeah, I mean, there's always, every year, every team, there's going to be a battle. There's going to be whatever they say it is. But sometimes the guy's the guy, and I think it's been like with, with Logan the last two years since he's been here, there was quarterback competition. But, I mean, there's only so much competition you can do when, when someone's getting all the first reps and someone's getting all the reps with the team. So I think... That's sort of how it was, and I think Logan was the guy last year, and then I think that's how it's sort of been this year is I'm doing all the reps with the ones, and there's a competition, and Levi Williams and the other guys are doing really well, and they're pushing me, but there's, there's only so much of a competition when, when I'm the one doing all the first-team reps. So I, I think it's been fun, and I think those other guys push me, but they're – they're trying to get us ready to go with with the first team guys. And, and, I mean, this is a completely new 
world of college athletics now that we're seeing evolve with NIL and transfer portals and mm -hmm. all these things that are happening. And you know, Utah State was hit hard this offseason. There's a lot yeah. of attrition to the point that you guys didn't have enough to actually have a, a spring scrimmage, according to your coach, right? And yeah. You had your practices and things like that, but how, how much of a challenge has that been for you guys in helping yourselves prepare for this moment where you're approaching fall camp? Um, I think it's just something we got to get used to. There's, there's no stopping it at this point. It is what it is, and we're not the only school with people leaving. There's, we're getting guys from all over the country, and they obviously left somewhere else, so... Every team, is it's a struggle for them to, to get new guys and to put that together and make it one unit. So we've got a, we picked up a bunch of dudes, and I think we're coming together and really putting all the pieces together to be, to be one solid group. And I think, obviously, spring ball was a tough time just because we had Bonda, our defensive coordinator, leave a week before we started. And with a big coaching change like that goes a bunch of guys as well. So it was really the defense just trying to get their plays together, trying to get a full defense out there. So that's tough, and the timing of it was bad, and I guess it looked bad to a lot of people, but it's really – it wasn't much to us, and we got a full solid defense, full offense. We're, we're rolling. We're ready to go. So in-house, it's looking good. You mentioned a lot of new faces, 53 new additions if you count, transfers and high school kids coming in. Mm -hmm. um, how quickly do you start to build a rapport with some of these guys, especially on offense, uh, who just barely come into the program? Yeah, I think it's it's something I've had to learn, especially with sort of being one of the leaders on the team. Is is you got to get a guy's acquainted as quickly as possible. So as soon as I see a new guy, I'm making sure I'm introducing myself and making sure he he knows what to do and where to be. And the quicker you can do that, the quicker you can really make sure everyone's doing what we need to do and that they feel comfortable because a guy could be to a meeting on time but he could be sitting there the whole time just crapping his pants just thinking like what am I doing like am I even in the right spot but so as long as you make sure everyone's comfortable and everyone's where they need to be at the same time then I think that's where where we can be successful is is when we have that that unity and you've got some guys that you already have a rapport with like Terrell Vaughn who's coming back yeah. how talented of a playmaker is he and how great is it to have him on your offense yeah he's awesome and I think someone everyone knows that you can compare him to is just like Devin Tompkins and just that quick fast slot receiver that that will go make a play on any ball and I think that's that's what it takes a receiver is is I think this year we have guys that are even if I don't throw the best ball in the world or if if they're covered really well, they'll they'll still go give their best effort and a lot of times come down with the ball. So I think that will be huge for us is just having guys that are confident in themselves and really any ball that's in the air they think is theirs. So that will be good for me, good for the offense. Who are some other playmakers on offense this year that we shouldn't be surprised to hear their name called frequently this fall? Um, I think that you shouldn't be surprised. I think everyone knows the Van Leeuwen name. Kyle's back healthy and he'll be ready to roll and then – I think Jalen Royals, he's, he's back. He played a little last year. He's, he's an explosive athlete and can make a lot of plays. And then little Rob, uh, I, don't, I don't know how I forgot his last, Briggs. Briggs. Robert Briggs, yeah, 22. He'll be, I think he's actually number two this year. But he's a, he's a playmaker. He's a true freshman year last year, making big plays. I think everyone will be looking forward to him. And then I think there's also a bunch of guys that will surprise people that are new and, and are able to do a lot of good stuff.
it's always important for a quarterback to have a great relationship with his offensive line as well. Yeah. How good is this uh, unit, or how good can they become this ball? I think they can be awesome. Just obviously losing Alfred Edwards, who's been here five years, and then just a couple of the other guys, and like Chandler Dolphin, and it's tough to replace guys like that, but we have Pule Allo, who's played just as much as almost anyone, and he's awesome at center, so he'll be out there, and center's huge, just making sure that they get all their calls right, because I communicate with the O-line, and then from there, Pule is communicating with the rest of the line, making sure they're all on the same page, and so I think I've seen them come together with PRPs and see them meeting on their own as well, and I think they're a pretty solid unit, and I think I think we'll be just fine this year. Now I know he's on the other side of the ball, but you go against him in practice. Isaac Larson getting all conference recognition yeah. here at, yeah. at these media days. How talented of a player is he? Yeah, he's awesome, and especially being a Cache Valley boy, I think everyone in the valley loves him and looks forward to watching him play. And he's done an awesome job. Just he really is a playmaker, and just going out there and he plays with no care in the world he's not scared of anything he's he knows where the ball's going and he'll he'll attack it so it's good having him on our team and i'm excited to watch him this year you probably saw the uh the preseason predictions and that's all they are is their predictions but, exactly but not a lot of love for you guys what's your thoughts when you see that i don't think much about it there's a lot of guys on our team can use it as motivation but for me i honestly don't care it's like it's a preseason prediction there's a lot of stuff you can predict and it doesn't go that way and the year we won the championship I don't know what we were ranked but it wasn't good and we won so it's a whole new team no one knows what we can do we don't even know what we can do it really takes us to get out there and then see what happens and obviously hope to be at the top of that list at the end of the season Thank you. If not that, what do you use for motivation? Um, for me, I like, I know I have a lot of potential and I want to reach, like I know I have a really high ceiling and personally I just would feel, I don't know the right word, but like not embarrassed, but I feel like I would feel like an idiot if I didn't, like I know what I can do. And so I'm going to prepare as hard as I can to do what I can. And then really, if I do everything I can, that's what whatever happens, happens. And that's that's what it is. And I think it will be something really good. So I'm excited to see what I can do, what this team can do, because I think it will be special. Last season didn't start the way you guys wanted. We wanted four to start the yeah. round in form. How do you avoid that slow start again this year? Um... I think just attacking the year with, with that underdog mentality like we had in 2021, 2022, I think we came in as the champions expecting people to sort of just lay down and, oh, you guys are the best team now. But obviously every year, every team's new, every team's different, every team is fighting for that same goal. And so I think we have that fire back that we had in 21 and just we're ready to attack it. And I think that will help us start a lot better in this offense how much do you expect to factor into the rushing attack obviously that was a big part of your game last year yeah I think being a, a less experienced quarterback there's having the quarterback run game always gives you advantage with with numbers and blocking and things like that so it's a I'd say it's an easy fix to a 
to an issue if you have issues with the run game or whatever. But I think now that we have more experience, we can sort of take some of the hits off of me and get the ball out of my hands. And I think that also comes with my experience and knowing where to go with the ball. I, I prefer if other people are making the plays and the ball's in their hands. But at the end of the day, if I need to, I, I know I can run. I know I can make plays. But honestly, the goal is get the ball to other people, let them, let them score, let them get all the yards. So with so many players, uh, with, with rosters just being so fluid nowadays with the transfer portal, uh, what are just some of the things that you try to instill on, uh, on the guys that are still in the program and the newcomers that come through the program to keep the culture you guys have? That's exactly it. We're trying to keep the culture that we have. There's a certain standard. We like to think of ourselves as blue-collar, hard workers, you know. Like, we're, we're always the underdog. We're always... Um, we're never picked first, but that's the way we like it. We might, we might not be the best looking on the roster or on paper, you know, or the most talented team, but one thing that we definitely will be is the most hardworking team. And um, that's what we strive for, and that's what the standard is. So, you know, especially with a lot of new guys, either coming from JUCO or, um, you know, from maybe Power 5 schools, we just want to make sure that they know the standard and that they're on the same page and have the same attitude as us. And then just last question, uh, season opens up at Iowa, uh, very uh, very good defense, but maybe not uh, the most productive offense. It's, it's it's a game that, you know, you definitely guys, uh, you guys definitely have a chance to go in, in there and, uh, and steal one. So what, does the team kind of have an outlook on that Iowa game yet, or is it still just kind of focusing on the work and you'll, you'll get to... You'll focus on Iowa once you're closer to game. I know me personally and a lot of the boys in defense, we've already just been, you know, just trying to see what they're, what they're about, you know, especially on offense. Yeah, they, they might not look that productive on the scoreboard and stuff, but they are a very big physical team. They're, they play Big Ten ball. So it's going to be very exciting to, you know, represent our school and represent the Mountain West as you get to go out there, Iowa, you know, play in a great atmosphere, you know, so very excited for that. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. How's it going, Sam? Sam. Nice okay, to meet so. you. Well, like, first of all, just uh, where you at mentally, where you at physically right now at this time of the year where you're uh, getting closer and closer to starting off the new season. Man, it's getting exciting. Uh, every day for workouts and stuff, I, I get butterflies in my stomach knowing that it's getting closer and closer to the season. Um, feels like forever since the season ended and since we started uh, winter workouts, and it's finally coming closer and closer. So I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited to play my last season with Aggie Nation and with all of my brothers. And, and, and from the point when the last season ended to now, there's been a lot of change and that's that's a part of college football that yeah it kind of feels like maybe a little more so than normal this year for for your program and starting off with that from you know leaving the program just mo just a, you know, weeks before spring ball mm -hmm. how did that change up uh maybe the way you, you were coming into the offseason um yeah it was kind of a or it was a big surprise you know we were at workouts and then one day coach bondas brings us up and starts crying we're like oh, what's wrong and he told us that uh, he took a job with the Browns. I'm very happy for him. Um, we still keep in touch from time to time. You know, love him, love his family. Um, he's very deserving of that job. Um, but it kind of, it was kind of hard for us at first, and especially our coach trying to find a new DC. You know, um, but just like a week or two before spring ball, um, he got in touch with a familiar face, Joe Cotton. Great DC. He has 
a lot of years under his belt, a lot of knowledge, um, and a lot of success if you look at his, his rap sheet and what he's done over the years. So um, it was a great pick, and um, he's, he's a great DC, just trying to adjust and learn everything that he has in his arsenal so quickly. It's been kind of difficult, but we meet and have walkthroughs every day, trying to install and get the plays down. So by the time the season comes, we're comfortable and we can just play fast, play hard. What's his defensive philosophy like, and how does it fit in with what you want to do personally? Um, honestly, he, his, his defense is like an NFL-style defense, you know. We're very multiple and very aggressive. That's how I like it. But at the same time, we make sure that we stick to the fundamentals. Um, and that's something that can help me as, long, as well as all of my other teammates on the defense to make it to the next level. So um, it's been great to have him. He's a great coach, and he has a great staff. And not just from the coaching standpoint, but also from a player standpoint. You know, several players that entered the transfer. I mean, that's that's what college football is now. Yes. There's these opportunities, mm -hmm. but with that comes a bunch of new additions as well. Um, how would you say the the current state and strength of the Utah State defense is maybe compared to where you left off last year? Um, though we lost uh, very talented players and some key leaders on our team, I feel like um, our coaching staff has brought in really good good players and good additions that can definitely help us win games. We have a lot of size and a lot of talent. Um, like I said, we've just been meeting so much and, and working so hard to just make sure that we're all on the same page and um, we have all the install right. And you've got some talented guys coming back that are yes. familiar with the program, like MJ Tafisi. What does he bring to the program? What, how talented are the players MJ is a very talented player. He's he's my linebacker. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, Having him behind me, you know, controlling the D-line and just controlling the defense. Um, he's an awesome player, awesome leader, great role model. Um, him as well as Michael Anuanyu and um, Ike Larson, um, great returners. And, you know, um, I'm just very excited to play alongside them and represent Aggie Nation to the fullest. How about Ike Larson getting that recognition and all Mount West players? Is that something that gets you all excited? Yes, very deserving. You know, he's a great player. Um, I think he was a freshman All-American as well, if I'm not mistaken, you know. He's an awesome player, and, you know, just to see someone like him, you know, hometown hero, kind of, you know, just stay, stay um, at Utah State when he could have had so many other opportunities. It's great, and just very happy for him, very well-deserving. I know you focus on the defensive side of the ball, but when you look across the line and you see Cooper getting his opportunity to kind of go into the season as the guy, yeah. uh, what makes you confident in having him leading the offense? I'm very confident because um, I've seen what he he's been, he has done over the offseason and even now, you know, he's a great leader, great worker, um, and, you know, he's been making improvements and strides every day for when we see him, you know, during spring ball and now. So I know he's um, he's going to be a, a great he's going to be a great quarterback for us. Not, not too far down the road. I mean, it's going to come real quick, but yes. that Iowa game is just right up there. When you see Iowa on the schedule, Big Ten football to open the season, does that get the blood flowing a little bit? Yeah, it's very exciting. You know, get to go to war with some big boys from out in Iowa. So it's going to be a good, fun game. You know, I, I heard their their um, atmosphere in their stadium is also awesome. So it's going to be great to play, great to represent Aggie Nation as well as the Mountain West. So you go into the season and, and you know, predictions are predictions, mm -hmm. but... According to these preseason polls that came out, you guys are, are eighth. Mm -hmm. Does that motivate you? What What are the thoughts that come to you when you see something like that? It's definitely motivating, but at the same time, I try not to pay too much attention to it just because, you know, respectfully, um, a lot of the media, they don't see the work that we put in during the offseason. 
Um, they don't know what we're doing, what's going to happen. What matters to me is at the end of the season how the outcome goes. But we're, we at, to do that, we got to play, you know, take one, take it one game at a time and hopefully come out with a victory after every game. Coach Blake Anderson kind of shocked the conference in his first year, yes. right? A, a, a team that wasn't picked to do much, and mm -hmm. you guys went on and won the conference. Why can he help lead this team to do it again? Um, coach A is just a great leader, a great coach for us. You know, he, he wants the best. He, he takes chances. He, he, he's just a great coach. And honestly, he just has, he's done it so many times before. There's not a reason why we can't do it again. Just to kind of continue with coach, you know, he's taken over play calling this mm -hmm. year. Have you noticed like a difference with his head coaching style now that he's kind of taken over the offense and his play calling? Has there been kind of a different vibe with him? With um, it's. It's definitely not a different vibe. He's still a great coach, you know. He still looks after us on the defensive side of the ball. But you know, you know, during practice, you can tell, you know, he he's he's very competitive, and you know, that's what you need from an OC. Uh, I think it's, it was a great um, it's great that he's an OC. I know that that's what he used to do um, back at Arkansas State, and he just seems very happy, and he just seems like he loves doing that. So I'm very happy for him, and I'm very excited for everyone to see our our uh, offense and our new defense. Oh my goodness! It's it's cardio every practice for sure. Um, he he makes sure that we have controlled chaos throughout the whole practice, and it's very fast paced. But I know it's going to prepare us for games. Yeah. All right, thank you. Oh, of course. Oh, no worries. Thank you. So, bro, how you doing? Saw you guys on the uh, on the flight yesterday. I don't know how. They, oh, for real? Yeah, I don't know how they pack you into that. Man, that it was plane. packed, bro. There wasn't one open seat. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, I just brought my backpack. I was glad I didn't put anything up. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I should have said something. I just I saw you. I don't want to bother you. Oh, damn! I didn't see you, bro. My bad. Uh, how's it going, man? Good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's good to see you guys again. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. How is the so? How is the the defense with all of this new stuff? This this you know the more complex NFL defense. How are you guys handling that tempo? Um, we're handling it pretty well, honestly. It was a little rough in spring because we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But coming into summer, we've been meeting and having walkthroughs every single day. Um, and that's really helped us in preparation to um, for fall camp and then eventually for season. Somebody who I noticed a lot in spring is Devin Dye. Um, I know obviously you don't get to see what he's doing behind you live, but I'm sure you've watched the, the film. What yes. have you seen from him this, this so far. Uh, Devin Dye is a great player as, long, as well as all the new additions that we have on our team. Um, speaking of defense, yeah, so anytime something good or something bad happens, we have defensive meetings and we see everything. Like he, That's one thing about Coach Joe is that he lets us, or he um, like, you get to see what every position is doing, you know, and how, why everybody's job is important. So um, yeah, it's, it's good to see Devin Dye succeed and I think him as well as a lot of our other new players are going to do great this season. Last season obviously didn't get off to the start you wanted. Eventually it picks up, but how do you avoid another slow start this season? Um, just got to come out hot and just um, make sure that we capitalize. I think um, maybe we might have thought that we were better than we actually were, um, but I think that this year we've been working very hard during this offseason and um, just can't wait to show everybody. Something that Cooper mentioned, I asked him about that, was the sort of expected, not necessarily expecting, but thinking that you'd come out onto the field and other teams might just lay down, right? Yeah. And you were talking about culture earlier. Have you seen that underdog culture kind of come back into the program? Most, most definitely underdog culture and discipline, you know? Um, 
and that goes a long way. Like um, our coach says, how you do anything is how you do everything. And, you know, we've been trying to do a better job of being more disciplined, making sure that people come on time to meetings, make the runs, you know, stuff like that, make the lifts. So um, just starting from there is, is a good start. You got some of your guys back. They tackle. They're healthy again. Senny's mm-hmm. healthy yes. again. Yes. healthy again. Uh, how confident are you in that group, and how excited are you to get to play with those guys again? Very excited, you know. Um, they're my brothers um, on the defensive tackle room. We got Sani, Cassie, Bo, um, and then as well as new additions to the to our our room: um, Sir Mel's, Clifton, Vaughn, and my cousin George. Um, everyone is great. It's going to be a very competitive uh, fall camp. We're going to have a great depth, great rotation, and to top it all off, we have a great defensive tackle coach in Coach Devita Final. Seems like you've got some uh, some fun guys in that group too. I know yes. John was throwing snowballs with the crowd. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how does that how's that group kind of come together culturally? Um, we have, I feel like the D line has a great chemistry. Um, one thing, one way that we've got close together is on our off days. We all go to the indoor. We all go work out. We all get extra work in together. You know, just spending that extra time together and working hard really can bring bring us together and you know mean something. You know, especially when season comes, we all can say that man, we worked we worked so hard for this time and it's finally here. You mentioned your your cousin coming in. What's the first place you recommend to a guy like that when he comes to Logan? Where's where are you sending him? Um, Angie's for sure. Angie's or Herms, but. He, he's more of a homebody. Uh, we have a lot of uh, Polynesian kids on our team, and we're all very close. We all hang out. So he's at my, my little brother's house every day, almost, yeah. Place, I can't remember. Do you know the Brazilian place? Brazilian? Have you ever been to Sissa's? Sissa's. Over on, um, it's by the, the bank on Main Street. No. Um, it's right in the back. It used to be a food truck. It's Brazilian. Very, very good. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the KSF Music Store. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you got it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved up to Pocatello this offseason, so I don't get to have it anymore. Oh. Uh, wonderful, wonderful food. Um, so, uh, for you, this is, is this your second or third media days now? Second. Okay. Second what, media day. What do you guys do in Vegas? Because it's sort of a different culture. You know... I can't say what happens in Vegas stays. Now nah, I'm just playing. Uh, we just, you know, this. We just, you know, get to like hang out. It's, it, what, what really I like the most about media days is you get to meet all these other guys from all these other teams. You know, get to know their stories, know a little bit about their backgrounds, and make new friends. And honestly, it's it's all it's been a great time this year, last year. Um, this year, I like that we got to be on Fremont Street because I've never been on Fremont Street. And, um, that tunnel was wild. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting for sure. But it's it was uh, it was good to experience because I've never been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A big pool too. Yeah, I, I keep eyeing it. I've got a view of it from my room. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't bring a swimsuit, or else I'd go down. Yeah. Um, last year I did ask you. Speaking of media days, I asked you about Coach Timmy Chang at mm-hmm. Hawaii. Did you get the chance to to chat with him at all since then? No, I haven't. I've heard so much things about him though. He was a Hawaii legend growing up. He was. Um, one of the best quarterbacks to come out of Hawaii. I was a big um, University of Hawaii fan, and it was great to um, to, to see him. I know that um, the Nevada coaches or the Nevada players like him, and um, the Hawaii boys love him too. Hi, uh, Andrew with uh, CBS in Fresno, California. How are you? Good. How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks. Trying not to ask you the exact same questions that you, uh, that you kind of just got asked. Um, your defense struggled last year, right? You gave up like 31.2 points per game or something like that. What yeah. have you worked on to kind of shore that up? Um, 
we we have a new defense. We have a new defensive coordinator. Um, our old defensive coordinator, Coach Bonda, he's actually the DB's coach for the Browns now. So very happy for him. But we just have a new defense. Just going to try and be more fundamentally sound, try and stop the run and stop them from scoring. You also uh, lost a lot of players to the transfer portal. Yeah. Would that be a blessing in disguise because when you try to change things, change things up? Um, it wasn't, it's not really a blessing because a lot of those players were key leaders and great um, great players for our team, some of the most productive players on our team. But, um, you know, happy for them, happy that they found their home and um, can still live the dreams off playing, you know, football. Um, but, yeah, our, our defense have a lot of new faces and um, a lot of new a lot of new different types of plays. But, you know, it's, it's good to, to see um, – to see the, the new guys do good. Could you hold that down just a touch? Oh. Yeah, just um, so obviously, you know, 2021, you guys were on the top of the conference, 11 of the season, Northwest champs, played in the inaugural uh, LA Bowl at yeah. SoFi. Uh, last year, took, you know, a, a, step, a step back, right? Yeah. I'm assuming that didn't sit well with, with everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, all I can think about and a lot of all my team, uh, teammates can think about is that six and seven record, you know? Um, you definitely want to change that this year, and that's the plans that we have. Um, like, just, like, what have you worked on spring ball? Like, it's just like, been uh, different. Sorry. <clears throat> We've just been working hard, putting in the extra work, and hopefully our hard work will come come season. So that defense, which, you know, obviously struggled, um, what changes can we see in the first, first week of the season? Um, we're more of a multiple defense. It's a, it's a totally defense from last year. Yeah, it's okay. I'll see you guys October 13th. <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask you about, too. Uh, it, it's a Friday game, obviously, yeah. which means it's a short week for the team. Oh, it's Friday? Oh, Friday the 13th. Dang. Yeah, it, it's on a Friday. I mean, let me ask you about the rivalry in general. How do you view Fresno State? Fresno State is one of the best teams in the conference. Of course, they're defending um, Montevideo's champions. So, you know, it's always good to watch them. We always uh, um, we watch like them play teams that we're about to play. They have a great defense, great offense. Um, it's going to be a very competitive game, and I'm very excited to play them. I'm sure you were asked this a lot, but uh, the fact that Coach Anderson is now his own OC, how does that change things for um, you? I can see there's a there's a fire lit under Coach Anderson for sure. He's I can tell that he's having fun, and he's a great offensive coordinator. That's that's what he did um, back in Arkansas State. So uh, just to see him calling the plays again is awesome. Since you brought up Arkansas State, did you play with Justin Rice when he came to Arkansas State? Yes, I played with Justin Rice. What? Yes, he was at Fresno, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he left Fresno to go to Arkansas yeah. State uh -huh. during the COVID year. Pandemic yeah. And everything. What type of player was he in, uh, you know, in a teammate? He was a great player and a great teammate, great friend. You know, he's awesome. You know, having someone behind you like that, calling the defense, um, making us right, it was awesome. You know, seeing him make all those plays was great to see. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good, good. How you yeah. doing, Uncle? How old is the kid? Uh, 15 months. Wow. Yeah. So when did um, the start? Or? Son. When did you start sleeping through the night? It's a hard one. Um, honestly, he, he, he was actually a pretty good baby. Yeah? He was a pretty good baby, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. How many years have you been here? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is my sixth, or to this? Media yeah, days? No, just, I mean, how many years have you been in school? Uh, this is my sixth year. Yeah. It's a lot for a guy who didn't go on a mission. 
Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm old even though I didn't go on a mission. <laughs> so why are you still here? Why, why are you trying to go out to college? Um, well, you know, I just feel like I still had some time to develop and I just wanted to finish off with Aggie Nation. I also wanted to get my degree. So that was the most important thing. It's, it's great that I get one more opportunity to um, uh, play one more year with Aggie Nation and hopefully make it to the next level after that. So we're talking about um, what Andrew did. So you, you can spin it, but you can't spin a fire knife. Yeah. You tried to help him out? Or? Um, shoot, I never even knew he tried before. Well, yeah, I would help him out if you asked What's it like? You've been doing it since you're, like, how old were you? Um, I started doing it with fire when I was three. Wow. Years old. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Shoot, it was fun, you know, you know, like I was saying, um, in America, they teach kids not to play with fire or play with knives, but in Polynesia, we combine the two. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's just, it's just fun to do. It's something that I always love to do. Are you going to let your son do it at three? Yeah, uh, hopefully at two. We'll see. He's already, he was already, you know, spinning his little practice stick around. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, you were... What, like a linebacker in high school? Or yes. You started, um, I started off with rice or what happened? Yeah, exactly. Too many. The Punoho food was too good, you know. Um, it was Paul Sami's? Yeah, yeah, too much everything pretty much. So, yeah, I started off. I came into my freshman year. I was about 160 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah, I played running back and linebacker. Mm -hmm. um, then sophomore year, the same. Then junior and senior year, um, they moved me. I was just getting a little too big, so they moved me. I played running back, fullback on offense and D-line on defense. But it was honestly the best decision that I could have ever made, you know. I guess it was it was meant to be that I gained a lot of weight, you know, as I got older. So if not, I would probably wouldn't be where I am today. So what position are you now? Are you a uh, defensive tackle, yeah. So um, three tech, nose. Yeah. You've been playing defense end before, right? Um, yes, I did on um, the past years when we ran a three front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So more of like a bigger, like a... Yeah. And so now you do the every three technique? Yes, three technique and a little bit of nose guard. Wow, what's that like? It's fun. I love being in the trenches, you know, especially when you get to make plays. It's, it's the best feeling. You like two people hitting you all the time? <laughs> I don't mind it. If that, if that helps the team win. Yeah. So what did you do in strength wise? How did you help yourself out? Um, you know, I just been working out. We have a great strength and conditioning coach and his staff, Paul Jackson. Um, he's been working us very hard. And then I also do a lot of, uh, like, work on the off days just with the entire D-line. We go to the indoor, get some field work in, and go lift. So uh, we talked about um, your, your fans, the crazy, especially Halloween time. Yeah. But um, basketball, are you a basketball guy too? Um, I go to the basketball games, for sure. And, uh, we you, have crazy loud, fans. Are you crazy too? Um, I'm not as crazy as, you know, some fans are. I'm very supportive, though, but no, not you like that. keep your shirt on. Just... I keep my shirt on, yes, yes. I don't paint my chest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how, do you, how do you still do that? Do you still um, do finance? Yes, especially during the summertime. Uh, I get the opportunity, especially at NIL, um, to, you know, do shows. Me and my wife, we actually made our own um, little entertainment company. Good. Yeah, called Fuecafa Entertainment. So, you know, yeah, any Fuecafa Entertainment. So F-U-E-K-A-F-A, so Fue Kafa Entertainment. And where do you do that? Um, family events, corporate companies, um, you name it, you know. Mainland or mostly Hawaii? Oh, no, in, in Logan or in Utah. Okay. Yeah, this is like what we're doing during the summertime. So, you know, the dancers consist of a lot of student athletes 
um, a Polynesian descent, mostly football players and a few girls on the softball team. So we do like weddings, graduation parties? Yeah, stuff like that. What's the biggest event? Uh, the biggest event is actually coming up next Friday. It's for, um, it's a corporate company called Guild Mortgage. Um, yeah, so. How many people are you um, I'm not too sure as of right now, but it's supposed it's it's a big fundraiser to raise money for uh, first responders in Logan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you, are, are you performing in it too, or are you just running? Um, I perform. So I I MC, drum, and then fire night dance. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's the hard part. The, the, the show is the MC. Yeah. yeah uh, I just I just do an easy easy kind MC, you know. Uh huh. Just just good enough for the people to understand. Just wow. to give the the dance is enough time to get uh, change in between numbers. Do we do any teams, uh, any teammates um, weddings or anything like that? Um, no, we haven't done any teammates weddings, but um, we have done like, you know, um, family, their family events and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Anybody famous you've done? Um, not, or... None of the husbands? No. Or, or like, as in, in Utah? Yeah, or, or anywhere, yeah. Um, dang. I I've, I've performed for a few famous people. I think the, the most famous. Bruno Mars? No. I, 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 not yet. Hopefully one day. Uh, I think the most famous person I performed for was Dwayne Wade. What? Yeah. He came to um he came to Aloha Kai Luau. Uh huh. Yeah, at Sea Life Park. Okay. Yeah, he came to that Luau. I was crazy. Him, his wife, his kids, and I even got on his story. This was in 2020 December after season. Wow. Yeah, he, I was on his Instagram story. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was all starstruck, for sure. Yeah. I'll tell them when I saw you. Oh, yes. Take care. Take care, Uncle. How's it going, bro? I'm Mike Lakita. I'm with Reddit CFB. I don't awesome. know if you're familiar with Reddit. Yes, very familiar with Reddit. Yeah. Do you ever go on uh, Reddit? Uh, shoot, sometimes, yeah. Is there a sub, or you just kind of scroll the front page? I just scroll the front page. That's the one with the... I haven't been on the... Like, it's white with the orange alien yes. looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so there's a college football subreddit. So, oh, okay. Um, so I want to start by asking you about your upcoming schedule. Any big games you're looking forward to and any places you're looking forward to visiting? I'm looking forward to visiting. I'm sorry. I'm looking forward just for the season to start. Mm. You know, so I can't wait for our first game against Iowa. It's going, to be, it's going to be a great experience and a lot of fun playing against a Big Ten team in a great atmosphere over there. So I'm excited for that. Very cool. Um, uh, in terms of coming to... Utah from Hawaii. What was that transition like? It was definitely a culture shock, especially being um, in Logan, Utah. Now it's a very small town, but um, I think it's the best place to be, especially if you're a college student just trying to focus on sports and focus on your um, your education. So that was a big part of the the reason why you yes. left the island. Yes, I, I know. I wanted to venture off for a little bit, but it definitely made me homesick because, you know, like they say, you don't really appreciate something until you leave. So, Did you grow up with Hawaii football, the University of Hawaii? Yes, I, I grew up watching Hawaii football. I love them. I still am a fan of them to this day. Um, but yeah. And uh, Timmy Chang, it's kind of exciting to yes. see him coming and being Yes, coach. very, very exciting. We actually got the opportunity to play them last year. And you can just tell the difference in the culture and how much the boys love playing there and love being there as well as the fans. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about your uh, pregame rituals. Is there anything you do to get ready for the game? Yeah, I have a few pregame rituals. I'm I'm pretty superstitious. So like I wear the same shirt every game day, like the same fit. Same pants, same shirt, same jacket, every fit, every game day. Um, and then I usually like to listen to calm reggae music before like 
But once I get on the field for warm-ups and I see the opposing team, then I, I listen to more, you know, like rap and more upbeat music. Um, yeah. And then, uh, do you mind if I video? Oh, no, no, um, my next question was going to be for the um, uh, coming to Cirque. I guess is a twenty-four, a twenty-one and over hotel. Was that a different experience than um, other places that you visited or other media events? Um, yeah, Cirque is a is a really cool hotel, um, especially being on Fremont Street. I've never got to, I never been on Fremont Street, so getting that you know Fremont Street experience. It was definitely interesting, it was, it, but it was cool to, you know, be in Vegas. Very grateful for the opportunity to stay at this hotel and be here for media days. And then I guess I was going to ask as a follow-up to that, did you, um, I, I guess, was it different as a 21 and over establishment? Did you guys do any different sort of yeah. celebrations uh -huh. or, or not celebrations, but just uh, being a part of the media event, I yeah. guess, was it different? Honestly, it wasn't too different because we stayed at Mandalay Bay and, you know... Oh, you guys didn't stay here? No, last year. Last oh, always, oh, yeah, this year. No, like, it was t the only thing that was different for me, personally, was, like, that someone ID'd you when you came <laughs> in. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, cool. it was still fun. Yeah. Well, it's such a pleasure to nice meet you. you. Uh, nice have meet a wonderful you, day and a great season. Thank you. Oh, is it Holland? Yes, Holland. Nice yeah. to meet you. Where are you from? Um, Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. I lived in Maui for a couple of years. Oh, yeah? So, uh, oh, did you ever awesome. play over anybody in Maui? Um, no. No, I haven't. But I, I have some friends that live in Kihei. Lahaina. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's the west side, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, Lahaina. Well, south. 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 Yeah. Lahaina. West, west. Lahaina. Oh. Kihei south. Got to It's been a long time since I've been there. I cover the Air Force Academy, and uh, so their last two years are 20 and 4 against everybody else, 0 and 2 against Utah State. What do you think the key has been to, to making that happen? Like, what brings out the best in you guys against their? Um, it's definitely not easy. I think that I don't think anybody, especially or playing on defense at least, enjoys playing Air Force. You know, especially being a defensive lineman. It's the triple option is very hard to stop, and much respect to Air Force. They do a great job of, of running a triple option, the best I've seen. Um, but it's just really trying to, you have to be schematically, schematically correct on defense, and the offense has to score points. That's the only way that you have a chance to win against a triple option team. What is it like getting cut? You know, physically. It's, it's not fun, but, you know, if, it, if that's what it, I got to do to help the team win, get cut, you know, take on two people, uh, that's what I got to do. Um, Air Force always has a great physical, twitchy offensive line. Um, that does, It doesn't make it easy for opponents, but um, much respect to them. How much does it help knowing that you've had that success? You know, as you prepare for it. I know everybody has, like, they'll do, you know, periods against them way before they play. Yes, like, we do as well. Um, you know, it just it just brings a sort of confidence knowing that oh we beat them, but we don't think that it's that it's easily gonna happen again. You know, it's it's a definitely war when you go against when you go against Air Force offense.